Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And it is so great to be back after spring break. We, <laughs> we've had a couple of weeks off, and I'll tell you, you get used to doing this, and I missed it. I missed everyone around here. Uh, i got to catch up here. We have a lot to do. We have Mash's Gary Berghoff joining us in today's show. Also, Horse Whisperer Monty Roberts joining us. Uh-huh. And uh, Judy, you book trainer to the stars, Tyson Kilmer. Uh, yeah, he's the latest new thing in L.A. Now, they all say they're trainer to the stars, but then when we get them on the air, they don't talk about the... They say, it, you know, it's confidential. We can't talk about the stars. <laughs> we don't want to know about the stars. Will we want to know about will, their dogs. I, I, that's what I want to know. Will he talk about their dogs? Let's hope so. Okay. Uh, your phone calls and more at one 405 We were just driving down the street the other day, and uh, we both noticed a Kool-Aid stand on the corner mm-hmm. young girl selling Kool-Aid mm-hmm. and uh, you actually asked me to stop and I asked I asked you why you wanted me to stop and you, you said well you know because every kid does this when they're young and they this is a, a great influence for them to learn how to do business yes and, and I remember actually setting up a uh, lemonade stand as a youngster and I probably <laughs> I think made we all did yeah I probably made about five dollars <laughs> I, I you know it wasn't a lot of money uh-huh. uh, did, did you do that as a youngster uh, I think everybody did well what did you make I don't think I made over $10. Not over $10. Imagine making $20,000. Wow. At a lemonade stand. (laughs) And, uh, you know, anybody to make that kind of money at a lemonade stand uh, is pretty incredible. But imagine an eight-year-old doing it. On the phone with us, we have Kyle Oren. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing? Good. Where, Where are you? Where do you live? I live in Northport. Northport. Is that, uh, what state is that? New York. Oh, it's it's Long Island, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, good. So, uh, listeners listening on WXBA, this is one of your own right here. So, uh, tell us the deal. You you want you? I guess you wanted a lemonade stand when you were seven years old. Yeah. And you asked your mom for it, and she went out and got a, a pretty cool one, huh? Yeah. What did what did it look like? It has um, a white and yellow top, and it's it's blue, green, and white. Blue, green, and white. It's and yellow. And yellow. Lemonade. That's pretty. It's uh, it's a pretty cool stand you have here. I see a picture of it, and yeah. uh, nothing like what I had when I was a kid. <laughs> Cardboard box. So you you set this up, and you, you every day after school you set up your lemonade stand, or did you go around town? What did you do? Um, uh, every day in the summer, I went out for at least an hour and sold lemonade. Really? And how much would you make a day? Did you think? Um, usually like ten, um, more like like fifty dollars. Wow, that's pretty good. So you 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 made twenty thousand dollars and you did something very special with it, and that's why we're calling you. Yeah. Tell tell the listeners what you did with that money. I gave it to a charity called Canine Companions. Canine Companions. What what do they do? Um, it's for people who have disabilities, but not blind. Uh-huh. It's everything but blind. Oh, so it's it's for people, and what is it? The, the canines are like therapy dogs? Yeah. I, I don't understand how the canines... They, like, they, they help, the, like, say the person falls out of the wheelchair. Uh-huh. The dogs know how to pick them up and put them back in the wheelchair. Wow, those are some smart dogs. So, yeah. So you uh, you gave them your money to uh, an organization that trains these dogs and, and gets these dogs for uh, people that are sick, pretty much, huh? Yeah. How did you decide to do that? I like animals. 
You like animals? Do you have animals at home? Um, I don't have a big enough backyard for a dog, but I do have fish. You do have a fish. Well, fish are very fun. I have a <laughs> bunch of fish. What kind of fish do you have? I have an abeta fish. It is a beta. They have uh -huh. so much personality. Have you noticed that? Yeah. They are neat fishes. They're, I don't know if you've done this yet, but I've trained my beta to come up and uh, eat food right out of my hand. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're fun funny animals. So you decided you want to give uh, give the money to the animals, and uh, and you did that. And are you still selling lemonade? Yeah. And are you so not now? But I st I go. I'm going to. You're going to. Okay. So you you had an idol that kind of got you started in this. Who is your idol? Donald Trump. Donald. Oh, Trump. from The Apprentice, huh? Yeah. You watch his show? Yeah. And he kind of inspired you to come up with your idea to do this. Yeah. And then I heard you've actually met him. Huh? Yup. I went in his office. You went to wow. Donald Trump's office? <laughs> I got his autograph. Wow. We, we sent flowers and another note to her. Uh-huh. And then we, I was in the city one day. Cause I got to go in his office and meet him. Wow. That's cool. You know how many people would love to do that. Now, I understand yeah. you didn't ask anything of him either. No. Yeah, you just you just thanked him for uh, giving you the idea for the lemonade stand, huh? Yeah. So what are your new ideas? You've got some other plans to come up with some money for the canine companions? Yeah, I need, I'm trying to get dog collars, uh -huh. and I'm going to get celebrities to autograph. Wow, that's, uh, that's a good idea. And then what, you're going to auction them? Um, I don't know yet. Don't know yet. I haven't gotten that far. That's yeah. a very good idea. Have any celebrities uh, given you any collars so far? Um, we we need to get the collars first. Oh, uh -huh. okay. Uh, well, hold on a second. I'm, I'm. You know what? We should try to get. Have you tried to get collars? Um, we may have someone to get them for us, but okay. That's okay. We'll we'll find out if we can help you. We want to help you. Okay. Okay. We know a lot of celebrities. You know. Cool. Yeah, we we had last week we had uh, Dom DeLuise. Have you do you know who Dom DeLuise is? No. Yeah, yeah. probably showing my age there. <laughs> hmm. Other people would buy a collar signed by Dom DeLuise though. Yeah, that'd raise yeah. some money there. I want to help you, Kyle. Okay. So as okay. soon as we get off the phone, uh, Judy is going to talk with your mom and see if we can help you get some collars. Okay. Okay. Hold on a, a second there. Okay. And, and by the way, you're awesome. Thank you so much for helping the animals. You're welcome. Hold on one second. Isn't that cute? Amazing. Awesome. Very inspirational. Kyle Orange from uh, Long Island, New York. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. 
Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey wait a minute. <laughs> Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Well, hello, Tyson. Hello, how are you? Very well, Tyson Kilmer joining us, trainer to the stars, uh, obviously from Los Angeles, is that correct? That's right. That's uh, that's where you call home, and of course, uh, your training techniques uh, extend to uh, the likes of Rob Lowe, yes. uh, Cheryl Crow, yes. and uh, who else? All sorts of other people, you know, I've worked from, you know, Mike Tyson, Joni Mitchell, to, you know, all sorts of people, Aaron Carter, all sorts of people. Why are they calling on you? Obviously, you got it down, huh? Well, the bottom line is, I, I think the reason why a lot of the celebrities call on me is because they they tend to have more liability than the average folk. So, you know, they get these, these large breed aggressive dogs, and then they start to realize as the dogs grow up that, uh, you know, there, there, there could potentially be some, some risk and some problems. So, you know, once they start to see these animals acting aggressively, they, they start looking for the person to help put them back in control. Okay, so you're saying that maybe if these, if these dogs are acting out, perhaps they'd be acting out towards a, a public that might uh, sue the celebrity if there was uh, trouble. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that's that's basically the 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 the, the main reason why I get the call originally. So so so. But from there, you know, a, a lot of times people call me and they think, well, you know, I just want to get this animal under control. But they don't really realize that 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 we not only do we stop the animals from doing uh, you know aggressive behaviors, but we also teach them how to survive in an urban environment in a in a beautiful way as well. It's all about teaching them how to coexist and and. and and to get along with your neighbors, your your neighbor's children, your neighbor's dog, and, and all that good stuff. Is there one particular breed that you see more than others? Um, I see a, a whole lot of pit bulls coming in. Um, basically, you know, I think a pit bull's a, a very popular dog for, for young males, but... Um, you know, for the most part, you know, most of these guys that get these dogs end up having some sort of behavioral problem. So a lot of pit bulls come in. I get a lot of chihuahuas with the celebrities, a lot uh-huh. of Maltesers, you know, a lot of really mean chihuahuas and mean Maltesers. <laughs> Uh, well, well, it, it, I can uh, imagine a little mean chihuahua right now. There's so many modalities out there, and uh, well, you have the Caesar Milan, you have the uh, just everybody seems to have a new technique these days, and it, yep. it makes me more confused than I ever have been as Absolutely. to how to train my dog. What kind of techniques and modalities do you use? Well, here's the deal. Uh, you know, my training method focuses on proactivity, much more so than, than, than any other method that I've seen out there. When I say proactivity, what I mean is this. Um, a lot of dog trainers will come to your house and help you sort out the problems that you're having with your dog. Uh-huh. That's not really my M.O. My M.O. is more along the lines of trying to educate the public to start training your dogs from day one when they bring them home so that I can come in in a proactive manner, teach the animals how to survive in general so that we avoid the issues altogether. So, you know, my approach is a lot more proactive and a lot more 
thorough, I think, than, than, than the majority of, of, of trainings that, that, that go on out there. So do you work just with the dog, or do you work with both the dog and the guardian? I work 100% with, with both the dog and the owner. But, but let, me, let, me, let me explain a little bit about what I mean. When I say that this training is proactive and thorough, let's, let's just, let, let me just throw something out there. Let's okay. just, just imagine that you bring home an eight-week-old puppy, uh-huh. right? You bring this puppy home, and from the very first day that you bring it home, you start to teach it, listen, this is where I'd like you to go to the restroom. This is when I'd like you to go to the restroom. This is when we're going to eat. This is where I would like you to play, and this is where I would not like you to play. When the doorbell rings, I'd like you to run to a dog bed instead of running to the front door and barking and jumping on people. Mm-hmm. When dinner is served, I'd like you to run to your dog bed instead of jumping on people, <laughs> right? Um, when we go for a walk, when we're on our way out of the house, I'd like you to give up the doorway to anyone that might be entering or exiting. When we're walking on the sidewalk, if we see a little baby or a skateboarding cut coming towards us, I would like you to step off to the left and go into downstay. By teaching this from the very beginning of the dog's life, it just teaches a dog how to have a really, really, really happy, conscientious, loving life full of praise from all of your surrounding neighbors and what have you. So when I say it's more thorough and a little bit you know, more proactive, that's what I mean. The important thing here is that they're trained uh, from the day you bring them home. Absolutely. So that, Absolutely. That, I bring up I, a story about my son. He had got a German Shepherd, and he was told not to do any training with him. It was a puppy. Not to do any no. training until the puppy was six months old. Absolutely, which is absolutely ludicrous because that animal is going to the bathroom every day. Yep. It's jumping, it's nipping, it's uh-huh. barking, it's whining. The beginnings of separation anxiety are happening on the very first day, and I'll tell you why. Because they're bringing that animal home and, and separating it from its natural habitat. It's sure. missing its mom, it's right. missing its brothers. It, you know, In my opinion, it's our responsibility to, to create a smooth transition for these guys. Right? Uh-huh. And they're not coming from one habitat to an identical habitat. They're going from one habitat to an extreme opposite. Right. Right? If you think about your animal, and this is really, 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 really basic, uh, but if you think about your animal, let's think about what your animal would be rewarded for in its natural habitat. I would say that the more demonstrative your animal is in its natural habitat, the higher its status in the pack. Mm-hmm. Right? The sure. more pushy and, and the louder and the more, you know, boisterous it is, the better standing it's going to have. Well, in our society, it's exactly the opposite, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. The more pushy and boisterous we are, the 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 least the less desirable we are. So, so for me, it's about teaching these guys from day one. Listen, this is what this is kind of how we do it, and this is how we'd like you to perform. And if you can give us this, we will build a life for you that's going to be so meaningful for you. Like when you know when somebody graduates from my course, it's not just that they've learned how to train their dog, and it's not just that the dog has learned how to listen. This is just one facet of what we do. We create a lifestyle for the animal that's, mean, that's meaningful. So when it wakes up in the morning, it runs out to go to the bathroom because after that bathroom break is a training session. After that training session is food again. After that food is a play session. After that play session is a walk. So we give it a life that is meaningful so the animal is actually looking forward to its life. We are with Tyson Kilmer, trainer, dog trainer to the stars. Tyson, uh, what are some of the strange requests that you've got from celebrities? Oh, I get all sorts of strange ones. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, uh, you know, the, the celebrities have a, a, a very hectic, very kind of um, 
you know, different types of lifestyles than, than what we live. So I, I often get requests to, you know, jump on a plane and fly to these guys to, to train their animals to get on a plane so that they can fly or to train these guys, you know, you know, not to go to the bathroom on a tour bus or, you know, you name it. I've even had uh, requests from, you know, uh, guys like Mike Tyson to, to teach their dog how to lead them into the ring before fights. Oh, you name gosh. it. <laughs> right? With Mike Tyson's dog, I actually, we, we did about a month's worth of training, and I trained the dog to do two unique functions. One of them um, is that I, I built a rolling dog cage for him to pull behind his Harley and train the dog to, to actually ride with him. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that I did for him is I trained his dog to go into the boxing gym with him and work out. So when he's on the treadmill, his dog will be on the treadmill. And in between rounds, when he's sparring, his dog will run into the ring and love him up. And then as soon as the bell would ring, the dog would run out of the, ra- out of the ring and go, you know, lay in a bed. What kind of dog? So, what kind uh, of dog? Yeah, a uh, uh, French Mastiff. Oh, big dog. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Sure, sure. So, you know, we get all sorts of cookie requests, but, you know, to me, that, that's the most interesting stuff for me. I, I, I actually love that. I'm all about, you know, training these guys how to, be, how to be included in our lifestyles, regardless of what the lifestyle is. So, for me, that's very interesting work. What about Caesar Milan? His, uh, his technique, of course, is to make, to be alpha, to teach the person to be alpha. Uh, some people don't like that technique. What do, you, what do you know, what do you think about Caesar Milan and his techniques? Um, I think Caesar Milan uh, is a pretty good trainer. I think that his uh, his message is a wonderful message. You know, when you're talking about being the alpha or the leader of the pack, well, if you don't want to be the leader of the pack, don't get a dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Simple as that. Your dog needs you to be the leader of the pack. So I think that the, the part of the argument that, that, that he has that, that is kind of ongoing is that you know, a lot of people want to humanize their animals. They want to get their, their dog and they want to bring it home and put shoes on it and treat it like a little kid. And the reality is, you know, I, I think the, the intention on these people's part is, is, a, is a loving, good intention, but it, that, in, that behavior doesn't actually make your animal happy. <laughs> and if you really truthfully aren't interested in, in, in creating a happy life for your dog, then humanizing it isn't the way to go. So I think what he's talking about is, listen, you need to be the leader of your pack, and you need to, you know, be a role model that your animal can follow. And, I, and, and on that point, I agree with. Um, I think that the training techniques, though, can be much more thorough. Mm-hmm. Have you ever turned down any requests from celebrities, things you wouldn't do for them? All the time. <laughs> really? Like what? Um, I turn down people all the time. People come to me um, to train animals. Like any, any celebrity that, that has a, uh assistant call me will not get a refer- return phone call. Sure, because you, they, you need to spend time with the celeb too, right? Period. If, if yeah. they're not willing to grow, this is about parenting, and if the celebrity's not willing to grow and put the work in, then I will not attach my name to their animal. Now, how do you do it? You don't use treats? How do you nope. train a dog without a, a, you, some wait, kind of incentive? Like bribery? Or? How does a great father raise his children? Uh, tough love? Is that what it is? <laughs> A hundred percent. Listen, it's not just tough love. It's, it's you know, when you, when you need to put your foot down, you need to put your foot down. Uh-huh. When you need to be consistent, you need to be consistent. When it's time for love and, and, and praise, you need to really throw your whole heart and soul into that. This is about balance. It's about saying, listen, I'm going to pay the house payment. I'm going to pay the insurance, the fire, the theft, the, the auto insurance. 
I'm going to pay for college tuition, all that good stuff. All I need you to do for me is to sit, stay, lay, stay, come and heal. <laughs> Please don't bite anybody. Please don't tear my house up. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> if, if you're willing to do that for me, then we're going to have a great life. We're but I am willing to draw my line in the sand and say, listen, these are you know, prerequisites to a happy life. We're with Tyson Kilmer uh, joining us on Animal Radio. He's a dog trainer to the stars. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, uh, started his life out as a model. Is that correct? That's right. And that changed what? About Rub it 15, in, guys. <laughs> 15 years old, you changed and, and went this, this direction? Absolutely. Well, at the age of 15 is when I, when I got signed professionally in the fashion business. And I, I stayed in that business um, full-time till the, the, about the age of 25. Did that help you get into this? Did you meet celebrities? Did, was that, uh, did that sort of Absolutely. help you yeah, go this Absolutely. direction? Okay. I was training, you know, I've been training dogs all through that period of time. I've been training since I was six years old, and I've never really stopped. I did it as a hobby, and I was doing it, you know, as favors for a lot of my friends and celebrity people and all that good stuff. You know, basically, the fashion business, you know, put me in a position where I was able to live in Paris and live in London and live in Tokyo and New York and all that stuff. So I was kind of in the mix already. So when I decided to get out of the business and, 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 and give, you know, go 100% for my passion, it wasn't really uh, that tough of a transition because I was al- already kind of had a, 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 a head start. What was, uh, what's uh, one celebrity story that you remember, your best or uh, the, the most fun that you've had with one celebrity uh, and their dog? I'll tell, I'll tell you one of the funniest stories that, that myself and my 18-year-old son kind of laugh about all the time. It's sure. not to laugh at a celebrity, but it's kind of a funny story. Okay. <laughs> um, I was hired to, to work with Rob Lowe um, about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I got a phone call one day and, and from his wife. And, you know, she, she said, hey, you know, Tyson, you're, we hear great things about you. We hear that you're the guy that can solve our problems. And, you know, you're just absolutely, you know, you, 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 we, your name has come up a hundred times. And we really want to meet you. And we really want to hire you. So come on out. So I got in my truck and drove out to, uh, to um, uh, Montecito uh-huh. to meet with them. And I sat down with, with, with Rob and his wife. And we were in his office and we were talking. They had a, a couple of mastiffs. They had a, they had four or five dogs. They had a, a Jack Russell, a bunch of out of control barking dogs, <laughs> and they were on I think six, seven acres of property. And they had a full set in their house, and all of the staff had access to the gate code, so they could open the gates and all that. Mm-hmm. So I came in and I kind of looked around the property and checked it out, and I thought, okay, well we have to get control of these gates. We have to get control of this and that. So I sat down with them in their office, and, and, and both Rob and Cheryl were like, you know what, we're so gung-ho about this, we're ready to start right now. And so I said, okay, great, this is perfect, let's get started. So I said, I'll meet you outside. And then they both looked at me, and they're like, oh, um, we're not actually going to do any of the work, but uh, <laughs> um, our staff is waiting for you in the driveway. So when I got outside, none of the staff spoke any English at all. <laughs> and I was standing there with a 150-pound uh 250-pound mastiffs and, and, and a Jack Russell Terrier that was biting people and trying to teach these guys these commands, <laughs> which was absolutely impossible. And this, by the way, has helped to mold my, uh, how should I say, my, my, my new set of rules when it comes uh-huh. to dealing with celebrities. <laughs> I bet it did. Set a baseline for you. Is there, exactly. Is there a website? I, I understand that you have books that uh, have been released and perhaps a series of dog training videos that will be released. I have two books that, that have just been finished being written that are not published yet, but they will be this year. Okay. And I'm in the process of working on, 
not just dog training videos, but dog media in general. I'm going to be doing a, a, a line of, of videos that are all about dogs that have nothing to do with training. I'm going to be doing some documentary films on dogs in America, and I'm also getting ready to, you know, begin my project of releasing um, a series of dog training videos as well. Is there a website? Yes, TysonKilmer.com. TysonKilmer.com, and of course, URL to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Tyson, thanks for hanging with us today. Not a problem. Thank you guys so much, and have a great day. Very good. We have more Animal Radio on the way. Hang tight. Hi, this is Clive Sears from HGTV. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please, please remember to spay and neuter your pet. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, who's this? This is Anna Hain calling. Hi, Anna. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, I'm just calling in because I, first of all, I listen to your program and I love it. Well, thank, thank you. I think it's very informative. I also have a daughter who's a veterinarian, practicing oh. two years, so I tell her about you folks all the time. Oh, good. Well, thank you. And it, it really is informative. It's also enjoyable. It's lighthearted, but it's also very serious, and I love that part Oh, well, of good. It. We, we think of it as like a morning show or a variety show for animal lovers. What city did you say you were in? Reading, Pennsylvania. Okay, so you're listening on WEEU. Absolutely. Okay, great. What can we do for you? Well, I, I'm calling as a concerned owner. Uh, I have a dog that was injured pretty seriously because of getting a collar uh, caught. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. And, yeah, I come home to a dog that was very injured last week, and of course it was during a s- snowstorm, and you had to get her in a car to the vets and travel back with a- an injured dog. And what it is, she has one of these woven collars, uh, probably what they use on uh, lunch lines for horses, whatever, and her uh-huh. tags were hanging from it. And I think from what we could piece together here, the tags got caught on uh, a piece of furniture and she struggled to get free Ooh. and the tags were still attached to the piece of furniture she still had the collar on wow. but had shoulder and neck damage and uh, pretty serious I was concerned because it's an 11 year old dog uh-huh. she's hale and hardy but she still had serious damage and they used you know the anti-inflammatories and muscle relaxants and painkillers for about a week and she seems to be coming around but this was serious she had an arched spine and a head that she didn't want to raise because she that was in that much pain. Mm. So, uh, uh, are, 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 I guess, we do we change collars? Uh, well, I went to the local pet store. I took the collar off immediately, yes. and not even realizing the collar was the issue mm-hmm. until I found the tags near the piece of furniture because I looked everywhere thinking she got caught. She sleeps on the bed, mm-hmm. like all our pets do, and I thought she got caught in the covers, but mm-hmm. it wasn't that. It was a piece of furniture she got hooked onto. There is no breakaway collar that I could find in the local pet store for a dog. They have them for cats, yes. but they do not have them for a dog that I could find. I don't think they make them for dogs. I know. It's, it's kind of hard. If your dog isn't one of those escape artists that tries to get out all the time, and when he is home alone, it might be a good idea to remove the collar. The collar is but off. It during, will never be on her again. Yeah, during transit, when they're in the car, yeah. anytime you're out on a walk, it's a good time to have a you know a collar with an ID on it. But if right. the animal's going to be left a home alone for any significant time, this might be a thing to do is to not have the collar on if they're inside the house. I would 
very, very uh, shocked by that. You know, I've heard all the horror stories about choke collars, and that's why, even though I was a person that was very much involved with obedience training, haven't used them since I've heard all these stories. And when I walk her, because she has husky mix, I use a harness because they tend to pull. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so the, the harness works really, really well for the walks. But I always had the collar in case they got out mm-hmm. with the ID tags on, but never again. It will not be on her unless... There's a reason for doors to be open, and I have to be concerned. Yeah. Exactly. Of course, yeah, you don't want to take the ID off. Uh, hopefully, they're microchipped. Right. Well, she is. She absolutely is. In fact, she was a stray, so the microchip belongs to the other owner, and we have to be very careful of that. We actually had to get a second microchip. Oh, really? Yeah. Sure, because the first one has the former information on it. Mm. Oh, so you have never... to be real careful about yeah, those kinds about of things. Yeah, I think about that. No, I, you don't. You know, you, you just keep collecting critters that nobody wants, and then you realize all the other pieces that you have to fit together. Mm-hmm. I guess you can't disable that. a previous microchip. No. I don't think so. You should so. have been able to transfer the number with new information to your current. Mm, that wasn't even suggested. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Wasn't even suggested. Well, there's a lesson uh, so that uh, we're going to use you as a lesson. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. That's why I called. It, it scared me because I, you know, I lost a very large chef about five years ago and that this dog replaced him um, to normal old age and disease. And when I saw her go down like this, that was a very healthy dog when I left. That's the first thing it threw me back to. Oh my God, she's acting the way the former dog did. Don't mm. tell me this is the same. And it wasn't. Mm. It was an injury. Mm. Okay, it was well, an absolute injury. I'm glad she's better. She is. She's much better. She's actually sleeping at my feet as I speak to you. Can we send her some treats? Oh, sure. Okay, hold on one second. Anna, thanks so much for calling. Thank you. 1-866-405-8405. Jerry Berghoff's on the way. Pet Solution Rx, a revolutionary 100% natural first aid treatment for pets. Pet Solution Rx is the miracle water that heals everything from hot spots to insect bites. Available at local pet stores or visit www.earthsbalance.com. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. In Brandon, Florida, a 12-year-old Shelby Terahay thought she was helping her pet turtles when she moved them into the house to protect them from the cold. They were happily swimming around in the family bathtub when Shelby's dad came in and caught Bella, the family golden retriever, standing in the tub. Bella then jumped out and started smacking his lips. A quick head count revealed that one of the palm-sized turtles was missing. They quickly called the vet who talked them through making Bella vomit and out came Pepper. Pepper the turtle, that is. Pepper survived around 10 minutes inside the dog and came out very much alive but with a cracked shell. The vet was able to put the shell back together with some dental acrylic. So now Pepper and Bella are doing just fine. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You probably have no idea what it's like to be a hot, hairy dog with itchy skin. Thank dog there's relief. Pet Solution Rx, I'll always be loyal to you. Instant relief for sensitive skin problems, hot spots, mange, insect bites, and more. 100% natural Pet Solution Rx at earthsbalance.com. Visit earthsbalance.com for my sake. Woof.
Judy, one of the studio cats just vomited under my desk. Can you clean it up, please? <laughs> you can do it. Me? I'm busy booking all the celebs for the show. I, I don't do stains. Well, now you can. Go ahead, grab that bottle and get serious over there. Uh-huh. It's going to remove both the stain and any pheromones left behind. Just go ahead and squirt it on, work it in, and all you have to do is blot it with a thick towel and hold it for about five seconds. Come on, I know you can do it. Okay, I'll give it a try. I'm squirting. Working it in and blotting it. Whoa, the stain is gone. You mean you were able to remove the stain all by yourself? Women, get serious. It's so easy to use. Even men can do it. Hey. Yeah, so don't take any more excuses from those guys. It's time to get serious. You can find Get Serious at PetSmart and in pet stores all over. Visit their website at GetSeriousProducts.com. Scoop Free is the first litter box you can leave alone for weeks at a time with no scooping, cleaning, or refilling. Scoop Free is a revolution in automatic litter boxes. Its disposable throwaway trays are filled with fresh step crystal litter that provide unbeatable odor control and are so convenient. After about 30 days per cat, just replace a disposable litter tray and that's it. Just load it, leave it, and love it. Available at select pet stores and at ScoopFree.com. Hi, I'm Ken Schrader. In race car driving, seconds can win a race. But to win the race against pet overpopulation, you need to understand the importance of spaying or neutering your pets. Every few seconds, hundreds of dogs and cats are put down in our country. Help fix the problem. I urge you to spay or neuter your pets. To find out how, visit Pets911.com today. To find out about spay day events in your area, log on to Pets911.com or call one 888 pets Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Well, a couple of weeks ago on the uh, Animal Minute News, we reported uh, about some faux fur. Well, it was supposed to be faux fur. Yeah, it wasn't really faux. Uh, These trimmed portions of jackets that, that are advertised as faux fur. Yeah, collars. And it turns out they were, well, perhaps dog, we learned, from China. And, uh, of course, that leads uh, leads us to the phones here where we're talking to Kristen Leffer. She's the manager of the Fur Free Campaign at the HSUS. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Well, this is uh, this news of the last few weeks is very disheartening, disconcerning, and I guess you're trying to make sure that labeling is correct and that the faux fur, if it is faux fur, indeed faux fur. But that's true. We are indeed doing our best. Um, the Humane Society of the United States learned of a massive problem with false labeling of fur trim coats sold by some of the biggest names in fashion and retailing. Yeah, like uh, Tommy Hilfiger, huh? Yes, actually, Tommy Hilfiger, Macy's, J.C. Penney, and others. Now they they have all uh, reacted. Uh, I got uh, in in their be- behalf to find out what's going on. I assume, right? Yeah, some of them, we've been in contact with most of them. Um, some retailers haven't gotten back to us that we're quite disturbed about. But, Can you tell um, me who those retailers are, please? Um, that's something that's kind of still in the works, and I'm still hoping to get them on board. Okay. So I probably wouldn't want to name them right now. Then can you tell us who has responded and says they're working on it? Well, I can I can tell you that uh, J.C. Penney is somebody that we're looking at. We're very concerned about J.C. Penney because they actually pulled the coats from mm-hmm. the racks and then marked them, marked the labels um, 
which made it impossible for anybody to see what was on the label in regards to the fur, hmm. and put them back out on the rack. They crossed it out? They crossed it out. And what, did, what did they cross out? They crossed out um, the species name as raccoon. When we tested the coat from JCPenney, it came back as raccoon dog. And raccoon dogs are raised in intensive confinement in China just for their fur. Um, just to be put on a little trim on a little bit of a jacket. Um, but they're a member of the dog family, and they're wow. killed in the most atrocious way. They're skinned alive. Okay, well, here's, here's the, the thing that really irks me. Uh, I, if I'm going to go out and get something like that, I make sure that I'm looking for something that says faux fur. Mm-hmm. If I'm buying right. a bedspread that says faux fur, I, I mean, that's, I'm an animal lover, and I don't want to use animals in anything uh, that I wear or have around or, or in any of my life. So it's very important that when it says it, it is. Retailers are profiting from the faux fur trend, but they're not delivering on the promise that no animals were harmed. You know, there are no animal welfare laws in China, which is, is a, a really severe problem right now um, as far as the fur. And some of the designers are some well-known artists and yeah. famous uh, famous designers. How are they reacting to their products being made with dog fur? Well, you know, designers like Tommy Hilfiger, you know, they were really devastated to learn of what we had found. So we're working with them to address these problems. And they're going to... They're going to work diligently to make sure this doesn't happen again. What can we do? Federal legislation has been introduced that will um, help this problem. It's called the Dog and Cat Fur Prohibition Enforcement Act of 2007. Okay. And so people can contact their congressional representatives and ask them to support that legislation. That legislation will close the labeling loophole that currently exists and force every garment that has fur on it to be labeled as such so you know the consumer can make a proper choice it will also ban raccoon dogs from being imported into this country seems like labeling is a is an issue not only of course with this but as we've talked over the last few weeks with uh with uh, cloned food and cloned food being <laughs> sold on the shelves in grocery stores not being labeled that way. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a the shame. The consumer thinks they're really doing well and, and really pulling for these animals and they're actually purchasing things that they're not aware of. Um, ultimately, we like to, for them to get out of the, the messy and cruel business of selling fur altogether. Um, but this would be a good first step. Very good. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Kristen Leppert, manager of the Fur Free Campaign at the HSUS. We'll thank talk, you. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA. And when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal Radio. We're back with more Animal Radio. And here's your host, from MASH and Pets, part of the family, actor Gary Berghoff. Uh, I suppose the reason why I have become uh, uh, a wildlife artist is because of my lifelong involvement with animals. I... I hesitate to even call them animals uh, in the sense of distinguishing them from the human race because my closest friends uh, as I was growing up as a kid were uh, usually uh, my family dog Patch or my family cat uh, Flippy. Um, uh, Cats, I should say, Flippy, Buttons, and Bows. We had three cats. Um, The thing is that uh, I had best friends in school Really, really good friends, lifelong friends, friends whom I have to this very day. 
some 40 years later. But I, they didn't go home with me. When I went home, I went home to patch and to flippy and to buttons and bows. And on weekends, if my other friends were busy with their families, uh, uh, patch was always by my side. And we always took long walks uh, through the woods in the hillsides of Connecticut where I was born and raised. And then later on when I... Uh, became older and my family moved to Wisconsin through the uh, cornfields of southern Wisconsin. There was an unspoken brotherhood between us. Uh, there aren't too many friends uh, that would just uh, lie in a patch of wild violets uh, while you um, marveled at the afternoon sky and just would just lie there and be quiet with you. I can remember many uh, afternoons of uh, almost ecstasy with the, the discovery of the world, the beauty of the world, with Patch by my side. In 1993, uh, I was asked by the Department of the Interior if I would judge the federal duck stamp competition. And uh, I found myself in a room there in Washington with approximately 600 paintings, entries, from contestants from all over America. And I saw the involvement that they had with nature. Some of the paintings were um, fairly crude and others were obviously by master artists, but they all had the same kind of involvement with life and with nature. And uh, being locked in that room for three days with all of that beauty and all of that human involvement really inspired me. And I realized that I wanted to paint. And that's one of the things I do now. I mean, I have a flourishing uh, theater career. Um, and of course, Pet's Part of the Family, uh, our PBS uh, show, which celebrates the bond that we have with our domestic animal companions. Uh, I'm very proud of that show. Uh, we were just nominated for two Emmys this year. and. We won several awards at the Houston Film Festival, the uh, Platinum Award, the Gold Award, the Silver Award. The awards uh, are, are very nice, but the really important thing is when, when people stop me on the street and tell me what that show means to them because they also are very involved with life and with their domestic animals. That gives me a great deal of pride because I know that we've connected uh, somehow. But at any rate, um, I decided while I was judging the Federal Duck Stamp competition that uh, I was going to paint. I went back to my home in Northern California and set up a, a, a small art studio and I began to paint, struggling through every, every single painting because I am primarily self-taught. But the wonderful thing about it is that once the painting is done and I'm able to do my limited edition prints from that painting and get out there and sell, it, uh, sell them to the public or at least display them in front of the public, uh, I am always impressed with the type of person, the, the warmth uh, from the people who are attracted to my work. That means a lot to me because what I am trying to achieve uh, through my wildlife art is a connection uh, between the animal and the viewer. And it's the warm ones, the warm people that connect. I'm very proud of that. 
Uh, it's also very exciting to me because it shows that people really are connected. You know, we live in a world today that is often... Oh, it's fragmented. Families are separated. Uh, we do a lot of watching uh, of television, a lot of watching instead of a lot of doing together. And sometimes I wonder if we haven't gotten isolated from one another. But animals bring us together. All you have to do is go to one of these um, uh, parks where they allow dogs to run free and see the, the many people uh, who are meeting uh, one another uh, because of their animals. Our show has uh, done several segments about that, how animals really can bond us. Our bonding with our animals is one of the things that uh, can help people to bond with each other. Animals teach us so much. Our, our pets uh, teach us the quality of unconditional love. We don't always experience unconditional love. There's a lot of judgment in the world. We're judged early on by some of our teachers and maybe our parents, uh, our, our siblings, uh, our friends. But unconditional love is really the only kind of love that really matters in our lives. And animals teach us that. I mean, dogs and cats love us unconditionally. It's not really a dependence. It's, it's the natural need that we all have to be connected, to be together, to feel warmth, to feel uh, affection. So animals really keep us connected to life, even when the world is somewhat isolating. And I think that's an extremely important thing. God bless you all. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Gary Berghoff right there. And of course, uh, not only an animal lover on TV, but in real life on Animal Radio. I want to thank uh, Tyson Kilmer for joining us this hour, Trainer to the Stars. We're going to have him back on also. Little Kyle, did you hear him at the beginning of the show? We got his collars for him, and we'll tell him. We'll actually call him up next week and tell him <laughs> that we got his collars from Bamboo. They've called us, and they said they're going to donate 100 collars Good for, for Kyle them. to auction off. So uh, we'll talk to them next week. Uh, if you're leaving us this hour, there's lots more at AnimalRadio.com. Remember, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, fresh, full-time programming at AnimalRadio.com. We'll see you next week right here for more Animal Radio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.